Hi, I'm Dean Chris. Welcome to Straight Talk on Leadership. This is what we'd like to say is the no BS zone, where we give you leadership tips, ideas, and practical suggestions to help you become a top leadership performer. Our goal is simple, help you become the best version of yourself and reach your highest potential as a leader. So set back, turn up the volume, be ready to change your life. Hi everyone, I'm your host Dean Crisp and welcome back to episode number five of Straight Talk on Leadership. Exciting to be with you today. You know, it's uh, these episodes have been uh, pretty uh, awesome in terms of the folks we've had on and the message that we've been giving to folks. And so it's uh, really good today. I'm going to be joined by Judy Powell, who is what I consider to be a, not only a media relations expert, but also a public relations expert who has a, a tremendous career in, in not only law enforcement, but public relations. And Judy's going to talk to us today about, you know, what's that message that we want to get out to everybody and how important is that message, if you will, in terms of not only our personal career, but our agencies, organizations, or whatever it may be. As with always at Leaders Help and Leaders Network, everything we do here is an attempt to help you become the best version of yourself and the best leader that you can possibly be. And we really want to challenge each one of you who are listening to us to go out there and do that thing that you've been waiting to do and work on that leadership skill set, work on that thing that's important to you and try to make people's lives better as well as your, as your own. So with that being said, uh, today I'm going to introduce uh, Judy Powell. She's our guest today and man, she has an amazing career, if you will. She spent 30 years uh, experience, if you will, in the leadership public relations world. Several of those roles won. She actually worked with Bill Bratton as an assistant commissioner at NYPD. That's pretty impressive. Uh, she's been in some of the largest boardrooms, if you will, and some of the most uh, intense meetings I would imagine that any of us have ever been in. She's also served as chief of staff with the Baltimore PD and Milwaukee PDs. She was a member of the command staff of the Atlanta, Savannah, and the Halifax and uh, Canada police departments. And she also, which is where I really became good friends with Judy, is she was the operations director at FBI LIDA. Judy's authored many articles and published many articles, not only FBI LIDA Insider, but the Blue Line Magazine. It's a national law enforcement publication in Canada. And she began her career, you know what, with the Edmonton Oilers. I'm not much of a Stanley Cup person, but, you know, they say that's a pretty good team up there in Canada. So with that, Judy, welcome. It's good to have you today. Thank you so much, Dean. I appreciate being here. Well, you join us remotely, as everybody understands that. Wished you could be in here in the studio with us, but you've been on the move a lot lately. So you're doing these classes, uh, not only FB, with FBI leader, but you're doing your own thing around the country. So where have you been lately? Well, every week it's somewhere different. I'm spending a lot of time out west in Texas, Colorado, you know, really everywhere and just uh, loving what I'm doing. The more we can spread the message about the importance of, of image and leadership and what we can do as leaders to, to get better is, is fantastic. Very similar to what you're doing. Well, you know, Judy, I know this on a personal note you, that you have a reputation for making everywhere you go better. There's no doubt about it. There's not a single person. And I've been around in terms of law enforcement world, uh, you know, talking to people and I've had meetings with people and there's, you just have an, a marvelous reputation for, not only making the, the people better, but the situation there better. And I'll tell you, with those agencies you've been in, you have seen some of the best of the best and the worst of the worst, if you will. 
I have been extraordinarily blessed to work with some of, I think, the best leaders in law enforcement for sure. Uh, and I, I will do one quick correction there. When I was with NYPD, I was working with Commissioner James O'Neill, who is also an absolutely amazing leader. My time with uh, Commissioner Bratton was in private sector when we were doing international police consulting in places like Trinidad, Tobago, and, and Chile. Okay, well, you know, that's pretty impressive with all those things there. And, you know, a lot of people uh, have spent any time with Brad and understand how professional he is and how dedicated he is. Even though the big roles that he's had in law enforcement, uh, he's a pretty personable kind of guy. He is the most, um, yeah, I, 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 I can't even think of the word when, when I think of um, kindness, extraordinary leadership, um, it's it's Bill Bratton. Every every good thing you've ever heard about Bill Bratton, um, you you have to believe it. He is just he's just that kind of person. He was amazing to work with him. I've worked with him twice, and every now and then you work with someone who, no matter what, when he says, "Hey, will you come back and work with me?" You say, "Yeah," because uh, he's that guy. Oh yeah, and and I know you've been with him in the private sector, and I know that uh, he's certainly has uh, helped you in your career, not only because he knows that what you can do, just the fact the impact that you make. So, and working with James O'Neill, uh, man, he's he's inherited quite a tough job up there, especially in today's world in New York, NYPD. Uh, man, they're almost always under siege of some kind. Yeah, so, um, it was interesting with working with uh, with with Jim O'Neill is he was really um, continuing a change that NYPD was making culturally from the days of the stop, question, and frisk to neighborhood policing. And it's something that he's extraordinarily passionate about. But as you know, when you're trying to make internal cultural change, even with a smaller department, it can be extraordinarily difficult. And you're looking at a department of, you know, well over 50,000 people and trying to make cultural change there is, is not just trying to turn a, uh, you know, a, an aircraft carrier, but 20 aircraft carriers pontooned together. Oh yeah. You know, and that, that that's, uh, I don't think people, you really can't, you, you say those numbers, but to really imagine what that's like, it, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, only running an agency of 500 or so in my career, I can't even imagine what that would be like. It is like, turning, like you said, the aircraft characters pontoon together. What a great way to say it. Yeah. Judy, we generally start with uh, a leadership quote, and uh, you and I talked before the broadcast about a quote that uh, meant a lot to you. You want to expand on that just a little bit? Yeah, I mean, my focus so much on communications and, and, and cultural and image development for law enforcement. One of my favorite quotes that, that I lead a lot of my classes is one from John D. Rockefeller. Um, and his quote is, next to doing the right thing, the most important thing is to let people know you are doing the right thing. And especially for our profession, um, we are typically pretty humble. And one of the things that we don't typically do is go out and say, look at us, look at all the great things we've done. But especially today, um, with the growing issues involved with social media, the negativity that is out there, um, it's time that we really do listen to that tip. And we've got to let people know that we're doing the right thing and the reasons why we're doing it. You know, Judy, I think that one of the things that's happened to law enforcement, and, and you certainly are more of an expert than I am on this, but I think one of the things that 
happened to us probably about 15 years ago, starting, I, I would say uh, with Ferguson, it definitely showed that times were different. But I think one of the things that happened with law enforcement is that we didn't really realize this, but we were losing our narrative on law enforcement and what we were really all about about 10 or 15 years ago. And then when Ferguson hit, I mean, it's like all of a sudden the national media like stole our narrative right out from under us. I mean, like overnight, our, our narrative was gone. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I, I would challenge back in saying that we, you know, he said 10, 15 years ago, here's the fact. We never managed our image. Um, back in the day when I started in the late 90s in, in law enforcement, the people that managed our image and our narrative was the media. And we were okay with that, with the way Hollywood portrayed us, if that would have been Adam 12 or, or you know, th those old shows. But we never really thought it was that important for us to manage our own image. And, and you brought up a really important point in the fact that people see police as police across the nation. So just because you're an Atlanta police officer or a Baltimore police officer or a Milwaukee police officer or a Salt Lake City police officer, people don't see the difference. A cop is a cop is a cop. Down south, you know, we would always joke, the popo is the popo is the popo. And when something like Ferguson happens, very small department, um, before that happens, I, I would not hesitate to say that most people in the country didn't even know where it was. Um, it affected our entire profession. So that's something that we have to be very aware of. So this is why spreading the word far and wide is so important because something can pop off in any city across the country, across North America, and even around the world. People are looking at what law enforcement is doing um, around the world, and we are all judged by what is happening. You know, thinking about somebody that is uh, image conscious, like always image conscious, is the United States Marine Corps. Yeah. If you think about them, they are, everything they do is, even more than any of the other services, they're image conscious that this one image of the United States Marine Corps kind of gets out wherever they go, whoever they are, and even the way they carry themselves. If you have them in class or whatever, they're very conscious of what it means to be a Marine. And I don't even think they call themselves former Marines. I, I don't, I'm not sure what they call them, but they don't. They say once a Marine, always a Marine. They're, they're very image conscious. And yeah. so with that, uh, can you talk a little bit about how important and what's the why of the image and then maybe spend a little time on organizational development and personal image development because personal image a lot of people are humble and they don't want to develop an image but you're creating an image whether you want to or not absolutely absolutely um i, I think you bring up again a, a really good point about it's it's really important that we understand what image or brand is. It, it's not a logo. It's not your shoulder patch. It's, it's not your badge. It's not the way your cars look. It's actually the perceptions and values that people have about you, about your agency. Um, that's what image actually is. Your, 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 your logo and, and your, your shoulder flash are just ways that people can relate to that image. I often tell people, look at um, companies like Apple and, and Nike have done such a great job. When I say those brands, even McDonald's, 
words come to your mind and you think about words. Oh, when I think of, of Mac or I think of Apple, I think of, you know, high tech, this, that, the third thing. And it's a positive or negative feeling that you have. And that's what image truly is. And I think what it is not, and I think um, law enforcement, public information officers sometimes get a bad rap for this. It is not all unicorns and butterflies. People think, oh, you know, the PIO, you're out there telling the good news stories. This is all, you know, playing on the internet all day and posting coffee with a cop on social media. I think if you really dig into the why we have to be concerned about creating that positive public image of law enforcement is the fact that it's going to keep cops safe. It's going to keep our community safe. Um, PERF, the Police Executive Research Forum, talked about developing trust and legitimacy to prevent violent extremism. The President's Task Force on 21st Century Policing, not, not everyone agrees with everything that it, that it talked about, but it does talk about building this brand of trust and legitimacy. And as recent as this year, um, Dr. David Weisberg, who, who you probably have heard of, who's a, who's a real leader in the think tank world of law enforcement, talks about how police legitimacy can actually help reduce crime. So this is about keeping cops safe. This is about building bridges with our community so our community tells us when their next door neighbor has bought 500 tons of fertilizer and doesn't have a tomato plant, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. And, and you know, that thinking about the very core and depth of what you just said, that image goes not only to what you are, who you are, but why you are as well. And that creates this kind of perception, which we all know is reality that, we can actually keep our community safer if our image is what it needs to be in terms of law enforcement. I mean, I love that transition of thinking there. I mean, that goes to where, you know, every single cop can understand that. And speaking about legitimacy, you know, when, when I was a cop many, many years ago, legitimacy was understood. When you yeah. saw a police car and you saw a uniform, you kind of had this respect for it. Yeah. And I think along the way we've lost that. So every single cop, every single day has to prove that they're legitimate with every single contact with yeah. every single person they have. So how do we do that individually? How do we work on our image as well as our organizational one? But how does, you know, our folks out there that's listening via the podcast, if I'm a cop or if I'm a person and I want to improve my image, I mean, how do, well, how does all that work? Well, you know what, here's the thing, and, and you're absolutely right on brand or developing that image is, is department wide. Everyone needs to understand and know the brand and the role that each individual plays in creating it. I often talk about uh, traffic cop. So the average traffic cop is out there making 20, 30, 40 stops a day. Most cops do not remember, unless there was some you know, serious asshats, I hope I can use that word, um, out there. They're not going to remember most of those interactions. But the people that they stopped are going to remember that interaction. And that single interaction is what's going to set the brand that that person, that feeling has about the department or the agency. And an agency can be out there doing marketing and putting stuff on social media and, and, and doing all this stuff. That reaches a lot of people, 
But Dean, what truly changes minds and hearts is the interaction that people have with that individual officer or professional staff member, because oftentimes that interaction is with professional staff and we can't forget um, the professional staff that are out there that are also carrying that image. So we have to be that image that we want. I was talking about always and in all ways. So if we're saying we're professional and we're caring and we're empathetic and we're trustworthy, then we have to be those things. This isn't smoke and mirrors. This is actually being the brand and the image that we want to be at all times. It's tough for a cop to show empathy. And from my own personal experience, uh, I know what it's like to be on both ends of a traffic stop. So I know what it's like to be stopped, and then I know what it's like to stop other people. And it's kind of like there's two levels of thinking when they stop. When you're stopping someone, you're kind of in this linear mode where you're thinking about safety, all these issues, you know, warrants. I mean, like hundreds of things you're thinking about. But the person that you're stopping is thinking very, if you will, holistically, which if you think holistically, you kind of, your emotions kind of get involved in that. And then, so when you think about that in today's world, every person we deal with that police officers have a tendency to deal with are kind of thinking on this bigger, wider view of, of how the world is. And they connect emotionally, if you will, to that interaction. And what you said is exactly right because you do not forget every single interaction you have with a police officer. If you talk about the audience out there and the folks that are listening, I guarantee if I were to ask them this question, can you remember your first ticket? There's probably not a single person who doesn't remember when it was, where it was, what happened, exactly went on. Because when you come in contact and you have a bad image of something, it, it scars your emotional memory and you don't forget it. And, and I think that's that, Dean, is that you, you know, when you have a good experience, and you know this, you tell a couple people. When you have a bad experience, you tell everyone who will listen. And now, today with social media, you're not just telling your friends. You're telling your 4,000 Facebook followers and, and, and all your Twitter followers as well. So that experience really means something now. And, and it's, it's a bigger deal today than it's ever been just because of our ability to communicate with each other through social media. So let me see if you can help our listeners out there a little bit. Now, everything on this network that we do on the Leaders uh, Helping Leaders Network, Straight Talk on Leadership, is about being intentional. That's one thing that we say that you can never do anything. And the law of intentionality, as far as we're concerned, and what we like to describe it is, is that what you become pretty intentional at, you generally get done. Mm-hmm. So how does a person intentionally work on not only their own image, but organizationally too? How, how do they do that? A couple things. The first thing I, I encourage everyone to do is sit down personally and then sit down with their, with their, their colleagues or their command staffs and say, what are those words? What are those words that we want to come to people's minds when they see me? when they see an officer, when they see our car, when they see our building, when they go to our website, are those words, and, and they're going to be different for every department. I've, I've done this exercise in the departments that I work with and, you know, professional, caring, um, you know, well-trained, empathetic kind of come up across the board. But then in some places, like in Baltimore, for example, constitutional was a word that we needed people to think because there was a perception that it 
that we weren't constitutional. So that's the first step. Then second, you need to be aware that there are three things that create an image. The first one is direct contact. That is, what do people see? What do people see when they have direct contact with your officers and your professional staff? How do they look? How do they carry themselves? How are you speaking with someone? Does your uniform look like you're squared away? Do your cars look like you care? Because people make automatic assumptions. Malcolm Gladwell talks about it in the book blank. Um, automatic assumptions by what they see. So that's the first thing. What do your SOPs say? about, you know, dip on duty or smoking on duty is, does that come across professionally and empathetic and, and caring? The second is word of mouth. People believe people that are like them. So what are people saying about you? Those are things that we can work on with social media. Word of mouth is extraordinarily important. And then the third part is where a lot of folks tend to look at their public information officers, but I think everyone needs to be aware of, is traditional media. And traditional media, because of what sells, isn't typically going to want to do these, look at this great brand of law enforcement. Typically, they're doing stories that are, that are more controversial, that, that, are, that are going to sell papers. Um, and today with social media, we have an opportunity to actually force traditional media to cover those better stories. So being aware of here are the words I want and here's what makes an image, not only for myself, but for my agency, direct contact, which is the most important than what those people I had the direct contact with say about me and then what traditional media is saying about our agency. I mean, wow, Judy. I mean, I can really say wow about that. And, and you know, we've been talking with Judy Powell, uh, who I consider to be an expert in not only media, but personal relations. I mean, uh, when you talk about what she's done in the field out there, she's changed a number of agencies and changed a number of people's mindsets as it relates to how they deal with the media, but how that department is viewed. So, Judy, it's, it's been really awesome to have you with us today. I think what we need to do is kind of wrap a little bit here and talk about the image. And then uh, you've done such a great job. I'd love to have you on another segment where we want to talk about social media and we want to talk about the importance of which one of those works best and which doesn't and that kind of stuff. But we're going to stop right here today with the image and get you to think about those three key points that Judy just talked about. You know, how, how do I look and what's word of mouth and what's traditional media as well as those things earlier. So, Judy, is there a leadership tip you want to leave us with today as we close out this, this uh, episode number five? Yeah, Dean, I just think it's really important that people are always constantly aware and conscious of what we are selling as our brand. I think folks, um, you know, we, we talk about the thin blue line, and that is seen differently by different audiences. So we always need to be aware of what we're selling as a brand because we need to come together on a brand for law enforcement across the board. Judy, thank you very much for being with us. I don't think there's any better thing that needs to be said than that. Folks, if you want to get in touch with Judy, you can contact us at lhln.org. We'll have her contact information. I would highly recommend that if you're seeking any type of media training, any type of public relations or 
how to deal with the community and when you're in a crisis situation or just when you want to establish a relationship with them, you contact Judy. She does classes uh, for FBI leaders. She does them on her own all around the country. We'll have her contact information for you out there. Judy, thank you for joining us today, and I really do appreciate it. I think you've changed some lives out there today, and that's what we're going for in the Leaders Helping Leaders Network. So, Judy, thank you. Dean, I always appreciate you, and I certainly appreciate everything you're doing for law enforcement. Thank you. All right, folks. Thank you very much. That'll wrap today for episode number five. And uh, we're going to have more Judy, I promise you. She's so dang good that uh, we're going to talk about some other things. So join in some other episodes and uh, appreciate it. We always welcome your comments on the Leaders Helping Leaders Network. We always welcome your input. Remember this, we're getting better as you get better. We don't do this alone. We're partnering with you. You partner with us to make us better. And that's the only way we're going to get better together. Let's hold each other accountable And let's make sure that we go out there and change the world for a better place. All right, folks, join us next time. You've been listening to the Straight Talk on Leadership podcast with Dean Crisp. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or Spotify so that you do not miss a future episode. Also, please visit our website, www.lhln.org, where you can find the show notes, links provided by our guests, and learn more about the Leaders Helping Leaders Network and our upcoming classes. Until our next episode in the No BS Zone, be sure to put your leadership into action every day. Thank you for listening.